knowing that the children out there are suffering every manner of just ridiculous, evil, gut junk, garbage, and abuse drives me because I, I empathize. For whatever reason, I'm, I'm like, well, what if that was me? Wouldn't I be praying for rescue? Hey everybody, welcome back to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. I'm your co-host, Amber Archer, and joining me as usual is my husband, filmmaker and author, Mark Archer. Here I are. Here you are. If you are new to the program, welcome. We are a husband and wife filmmaking team on a mission to educate, motivate, and inspire others to get involved in the issues impacting our society and culture. This is an informational show where we share behind the scenes of our filmmaking ministry and share important interviews with experts all across the country in an effort to make more people aware of the dangers attacking our families. And today, we're sharing the final piece of our sit-down interview with Craig Sawyer of Veterans for Child Rescue. So if you've missed any of the previous episodes, be sure to visit fearlessfeatures.org to search the podcast archives. It's also where you can become a force multiplier for truth and make that one-time or monthly donation to help us take a stand for biblical principles and values through feature films. So, welcome to the show. Here we are. Part four. Part four with the saw, man. This has been quite an quite an incredible journey, and I've done a little bit of research for this show. One of the things that Craig talked about in the last episode was, and we talked to, we read an excerpt from the Book of Genesis and talking about the men uh, coming for the opportunity to sexualize young boys, mm-hmm. and the the fascinating thing about this, I mean, it's a it's a despicable absolutely demonic thing but i found an article that just popped up and it was on cbn news mm-hmm. germany busts massive darknet child porn site used by four hundred thousand people around the world and i just show, wanted to read a couple of highlights uh here this was um this is a, a website on the darknet so if you're not familiar there's there's a couple of different versions of the internet out there Mm -hmm. and the internet that we all use is not the internet that the hardcore pedophiles use Mm -hmm. which is the dark net which is um which is where all the really scary stuff sits and exists and it's uh uh where the predators really hang out and this is called the boys town platform um and this is where predators would use use this service to exchange uh, pictures of their victims. Mm-hmm. A German police force task force investigated the platform, its administrators and users for months in cooperation with Europol and law enforcement agent uh, authorities from the Netherlands, Sweden, Australia, the U.S., and Canada. The three main suspects were a 40-year-old man from Paderborn, a 49-year-old man from Munich, and a 58-year-old man from northern Germany who had been living in Paraguay for many years. They worked as administrators of the site and gave advice to members on how to evade law enforcement when using the platform for illegal child pornography. Mm-hmm. A fourth suspect, a 64-year-old man from Hamburg, is accused of being one of the most active users of the platform, having allegedly uploaded more than 3,500 posts. Mm-hmm. These are the people that are out there. 
These are the people that people like Craig Sawyer and his team are working against. And, you know, when you just said that, I remembered, um, I think it was from episode two, part two of Craig's interview, and he was talking about the pedophiles. And usually once they've been caught, they've already done so much damage. And he said they usually have these these pedophiles, the serial pedophiles, usually have upwards of 70 victims. The average is 70. Per pedophile. And some of them, it's hundreds. Yeah. Something that you'll hear Craig talk about here today, and we put a link to this in the show notes, one of the resource pages that they have on the Veterans for Child Rescue website lists a bunch of apps Mm -hmm. that you need to be cautious. Uh, I mean, you just need to, if your kids have their own computers or their own phones, you need to check for these. Some of these are really, really spooky. And we were doing our show prep and I was, I was looking on there and, and I said, well, I'm just going to see what one of these is. Some of them are obvious, mm-hmm. uh, things like TikTok, things like that. But then you, you scroll down and I think there's, it was Yik Yak. Yeah. Yik Yak. I mean, there, <laughs> but, um, but you know what we, as parents, a lot of times we don't think about stuff like that and we'll look at things like that and go, I don't know what that is, whatever, move on. If we stop and do our research... And we'll just say our kids don't have phones. Our kids do not have phones. And they won't for a very long time. Right. But one that I found interesting is called Calculator. Mm-hmm. And now if you have an iPhone or an iPad, you, you're familiar with the Calculator app. It comes built in. hmm This is a clone. It's called Calculator Plus. Uh-huh. And it looks just like the Calculator. Uh-huh. But when you install it... It comes up and it looks like a calculator. Uh But the first thing that it asks you to do is to set a login. And what this does is, yes, it does does calculator stuff. But what it really is, is it's a hidden file vault. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you open it up and it looks and acts like a calculator. But when you put in your secret passcode that it asks you to set at the beginning, that unlocks file storage and you can store photos and you can store videos and you can store other files and this is a way for kids to hide things Mm -hmm. from you so so we left a link so you can look and see if you have children with you know smartphones Mm -hmm. let's be aware because one of the questions that i did ask him was how do we as parents protect our kids and he goes through and talks about his knowledge from the perspective of tracking down and getting these pedophiles charged, criminally charged and prosecuted mm-hmm. and just how they're doing it. So it's an it's interesting to bring him in and share with the rest of us what it is that he's seeing, you know, out in the field, if it, you will. It's scary too to hear him describe this this, you know, possible scenario of uh, a young boy being preyed upon mm-hmm. by someone posing as a girl in his school. Mm-hmm. And the boy that he's describing and the actions, the interactions that he's describing sound like me at that age. Mm-hmm. Like I, because I think about myself at those ages, say 11, 12, 13, um, and very awkward. And if this technology had existed then now, Granted, I went to a small school. So for somebody to do that and say, hey, I'm new at your school, 
Well, (laughs) (laughs) I would have known because there weren't very many of us. But still, when I think about my mindset as a young boy, I absolutely would have fallen victim to something like this. Mm -hmm. And And that's why so many kids do. Like these predators know how and what to say and don't don't assume that your kids at at any age uh are are automatically wise to this and and that's what he says just keep an open dialogue with your kids even if even if you have to pry it out of them what happened in their day yeah thankful thankfully for me nothing like that ever happened and this technology didn't exist Mm -hmm. then and i was in a christian school so that that kind of thing was really not going to happen there. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you for a fact that at that age, if I were in another place and another time and another family, I would have been the prime suspect to fall victim to something like yeah. that. So just be aware. Yeah. Well, and, and back to the, you know, hiding of evidence, if you will, you know, oh, just yeah. incriminating evidence. I mean, and now there was just a report of the schools trying to hide the curriculum from oh, the parents. Yeah, I saw that. So, so, you know, we have to constantly be alert and aware of what's going on with our kids. And what did Craig say at the very beginning? That these people, this is a covert operation. Mm-hmm. And the best way to combat a covert operation is to expose it. Mm-hmm. And the more of this that we talk about and expose it for people. If you're a parent and you find one of these apps on your child's phone, delete it, delete it, have a conversation to have a conversation. And then you need to have a conversation with all of your adult friends about it. Mm -hmm. And and, I mean, you just, you need to expose it Mm -hmm. because if it's infected your child, it's infected half the school at Mm -hmm. least. And it needs to be talked about. Yeah. So with that, let's give a listen to the final part with our interview with Craig Sawyer. So how do we as parents protect our kids? We need to let our children know, age age appropriately, of course, that there are predators out there, a little bit of stranger danger, but it may not necessarily be a stranger. It may be an uncle, maybe a brother. It may be someone who's closer and have ac- has access to the children who may be a respected ofi- official, someone in an official capacity. So we need to let them know that that's the case, but not to allow it and to not allow anyone to threaten the child by saying, I'll hurt your mommy and daddy if you don't let me do this to you. So we need to let them know nobody has any business seeing you or touching your private parts Nobody gets to let make you feel bad uh, advancing against you sexually. And don't let anyone threaten your mommy or daddy. We're big people. Don't let them scare you because that's one of the primary tactics that the predators use. I'll hurt your family. And they, we need to let our children know, you run to us at the first sign anybody approaches you. You run to us and you tell us no matter what they said. So that's really empowering and that can help cut off and interdict a lot of harm, just that. But we also need to let them know that on their smartphones, a lot of the children that they may be interacting with aren't children. They'll pretend to be children and they'll ask for photos of your private parts. Maybe it'll be, let's let's break it down and share one example. Let's say your child is um, a young 12, 13 year old boy and he gets 
a, a message from a, a similarly aged girl. And she says, hey, I'm new to your school. And, and it's, she's pretty. She sends a picture, just a normal picture. And I, I am, I'm scared. I'm new at your school. You seem like a nice boy. I saw you in the hallway. Will you be my friend? Oh, of course, if he's chivalrous, he's going to be, yeah, of course. And she's cute. Okay. And then maybe she gets, uh, you know, once they become friends, maybe she starts working him. She starts saying some things that are kind of sexually um, promiscuous or inappropriate. And maybe he's flattered because no other girls will pay attention to him. And he's, He's excited because that's the first time he's ever, ever experienced anything like that. And maybe he doesn't know what to do yet. He's just a boy. And maybe she starts showing him inappropriate pictures, revealing pictures. Hey, I really like you. You know, this is for you. And he's, his mind, his hormones are racing. He's compromised. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He needs to realize he, he needs to tell his mom and dad because something's going on here. This is this is dangerous because he may not realize it yet. And if she, after showing him X number of pictures and videos, now you show me something, we're friends. This needs to be mutual. What if he does? Now he's compromised. Now he's in real danger because then the predator can say, oh, you show me more, or I'm going to show your parents or I'm going to show that to the entire school or I'm going to put it on the internet and show it to billions of people. Maybe the boy kills himself because he can't face it. He can't dishonor his family like that. He doesn't know a way out. He doesn't see a way out. He thinks it's bigger than it, than it really needs to be. So our children need to know, break the cycle, come to us at the earliest possible juncture. We don't care if you've made a mistake, we'll fix it. Let's fix it earlier rather than later. At what point, how do we teach our kids when we send them off to school thinking that the teachers have the best interest at heart, but really what they're being taught is, is to not trust their own parents. Yeah. How, do we, how do we break that cycle? Yeah, the, the key to keeping the school from weaning the child away from the parents and perverting them by conditioning them, uh, grooming them for this hypersexualization is maintaining that open dialogue and that, that close relationship with our children saying, hey, look, man, how'd it go at school today? What are they teaching you? Of course, a lot of children are like, good, fine. You know, we have to pull it out of them. Uh, what are, they, are they teaching you about this topic, that topic? We have to kind of pull it out of them. And, and uh, what are they teaching you about it? Show me your books. Well, what's happening now is, oh, it's all online. They, we don't have books because they know that... Um, you know, the predators are, know that, that the children will bring the books home and we can look at the textbooks and see what our children are learning. We may protest if it's inappropriate. So they don't have textbooks anymore. At least that's what's going on with our children. They couldn't show us textbooks. We couldn't help them. Couldn't even help them with their math. Oh, it's all online. It's all online. So I'm like, oh, I don't like that. That takes that, that, that unity away from the parents and the children. It separates the children from the parents. That's a Marxist thing, right? Um, global communism, that's, that's a very, very controlling um, technique. So I think we have to overcome that by maintaining that either homeschool your children if you can, which I realize not everyone can, but um, if, if they're going to a public school, really maintain that, that, that parent-child relationship and that dialogue and every day pulling out of them what they're learning in school and having a chat about it so that they're not getting away from you. And another thing, especially the smaller children, 
take their phones from them at night and plug them into your outlet in your master bedroom to charge overnight. Because it's at nighttime when the children, you lock the doors, you lock the windows, you tuck your children in, you may pray over them, read them a story, kiss them on the head. You think, you turn the light off, you think they're safe and it's all done. You withdraw to the master bedroom and you go to sleep and you think everything's good, but your child's in there on the phone or on their Xbox or on their iPad or, or even their laptop. And a lot of times they're interacting with predators and predators are stalking them. Now, here's something. Some of these apps, particularly these Chinese-owned apps like TikTok, are, can be very, very dangerous for a child because they can geolocate your child. So the predator can look and see, not only get surreptitious video of your child through the, the phone's video or the uh, camera and the child doesn't even know it's on because the light doesn't show and it's taking photos uh, in which the predator can send everywhere but it's also geolocating the child. So it's pinging a little dot on a map and the predator can go find not only which neighborhood, but which house and even which room of the house. So when the child goes to the bus, predator knows when the child's without his mommy or daddy. You know, we used to walk our children to and from the bus stop, but not everybody does. Is your child vulnerable? Yep. When the child even maybe goes out to get the mail or to, to take their do their chores, to take the garbage to the curb. Whoosh. Maybe the predator grabs them then. Or maybe the predator's pretending to be another child saying, hey, meet me at the corner of the baseball field. I've got these new games I'll trade you or I've got some that I don't use anymore. I'll give you free baseball cards or free games or free music or whatever, right? Anything to sucker the child in. Maybe your, your kid gets conked in the head, thrown in the back of a creepy rape van, never to be seen or heard from again because of an app on their phone. So take their phones, find out what apps they're using and find out from vetsforchildrescue.org, a list of the, the problematic and dangerous apps. Get those off your child's phone and look at the ones that are on there. Make sure they are actually the apps that do what they say. Some of the apps are surreptitious. They look like they do one thing and it's labeled one thing, but it's actually a private chat app. And these these software manufacturers create these for the children, but it's but it's predatory because it set the children up for harm. So you need to learn about those. And if you go to sleep at night, if you take your ch children's phones away, then they're still charging overnight, but your children doesn't have them when they're sleepy and the predators are most active. And it's just another safety mechanism that really, really is a good habit to get into. One of the more inspiring aspects of doing what we do is realizing we can't do it all by ourselves. That's for child rescue. And just to see a groundswell of support with public saying, hey, Craig, what can I do? And some of the things to answer their questions that they can do, they can buy merchandise from our store that helps not only fund our operations to arrest more predators and save more children, but it allows them to wear the logo and the website and things and, and share other with other people what they fight for. Hey, this is what I stand for. This is a good group. They're fighting for children. We're watching their progress. They're making great, great strides. And uh, that's good. They can hound their elected officials for stronger enforcement, stronger legislation, stronger penalties against this type of predation and stronger protections for the little ones, better education for the little ones. They're worthy. They deserve it. Uh, they can make donations directly, 
right through our website, vetsforchildrescue.org. They can pray for our team because this is a spiritual conflict. And that's usually the first thing I ask them to do, please pray (laughs) and get your church to pray for us and share Contraland. My gosh, share it everywhere. And it's it's just meant to empower people with a knowledge of, of what's going on. Yeah, those are those are a lot of really simple key ways that you can do it. Connect us to your district attorney. If you know a district attorney that who will prosecute these kinds of crimes, because sadly not all of them will now. We've got nefarious billionaires, globalist billionaires who will fund the campaigns of judges and district attorneys specifically so that they will not prosecute child sex crimes. That's the only reason these people are funded is because they're corrupt and they've agreed not to prosecute child predator crimes and other crimes, but that's why they're there. So pay attention to who funded their campaigns. But if you know them to be good people, connect them to us because that's the key for us making uh, cases and prosecutions in your area. So if you want to protect and serve in your hometown, Man, we would love to run operations there and uh, save your children along with everyone else's. But we need that district attorney to know about us and be in contact. So make those connections. So those are some really good ways to to help. We can all pitch in and, and, and do a little bit of something. Share our social media campaigns, you know, share, like, click, comment on and interact, you know, g- generate some life into it because Anything that's helpful for the children is suppressed and censored by big tech now, sadly. Instead of helping us defend the children, they want to silence it. So ugly times that we're in, but we it's an opportunity for all of us good people to link arms and, and stand up and support each other and do good things. What keeps you going? Why do you do this every day? Man, I can't bear the harm. It tears at me. It eats at me. Knowing that the children out there are suffering every manner of just ridiculous, evil, junk, garbage, and abuse drives me because I I empathize for whatever reason. I'm I'm like, what if that was me? Wouldn't I be praying for rescue? And is anybody coming? Yeah, is anybody coming for me? Is anybody even working to try to stop this? How many more millions will be harmed? My gosh, it's happened to our own daughter, my wife, was even a victim of it growing up, was a neighborhood, in her case, a neighborhood babysitting family, husband and wife team, and they were raping all the neighborhood children and selling the photos, not online like they do now, but taking Polaroids and selling them to other predators that would come and look and keeping them in a shoebox. So the man that was raping my wife used to keep her Polaroids of everything that he took pictures of her, of him doing to her, in a, in a shoebox. So that's a trigger every time she sees her shoebox, you know, she's got that to deal with. And every time she smells a man or sees a man that looked like him, there's this horrible flash, you know. Um, but it, 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 was, it was done that way. So since I've started this mission in Veterans for Child Rescue, Whenever I get introduced to other men and women, I'm stunned at the number of men, grown men, masculine men, successful men, happy men, who once they learn what I'm doing and the nature of it and my passion, 
they stop and they say, Craig, I was victimized from this age to this age. I've never told anybody in my entire life because I'm a man and it's embarrassing, it's humiliating. And I never knew anyone that I believed would understand and not judge me. I'm like, oh my gosh, how much of this is going on? I can't count the number of guys. I mean, big, successful people of all kinds, doesn't matter, you can't call it, you cannot predict it. But they confided in me, this was done to me, and it's, it breaks my heart. Because they, they don't get counseling, they don't get therapy, they don't heal, they just eat it because they're a man and they don't think that there are any other options. They don't know of another way to deal with it. Like, what am I gonna do? Who, nobody wants to hear about that. I'm a grown man now, but there's, it still eats at them. So you look at their life, they seem happy, they've done well, but uh, man, there's this evil thing in there. So, man, I, I want for more guys to realize there's still help. It doesn't have to define you. No, it doesn't define you. It's a thing that happened to you. It should not have happened. It was evil and bad. And yes, you've, you've overcome it, but that wound doesn't have to be allowed to fester silently just because you're a man and it's, what was done to you is shameful, doesn't make you shameful. So I would want a lot of men empowered with that because I've seen a lot of guys eat it indefinitely because they didn't think that there was help and they didn't think that they could face it and help genuinely work through it and kind of heal it and put it in a better place. It'll never be gone, right? We know that. But maybe to sort through it and, and have it in a more healthy and better place and go, yeah, this, here's this evil thing, but here's, here's what it means and here's how I can get past it and not have it define me and own me and be this nasty secret that I've never worked through. So, you know, it all drives me. All these victims and all these people sharing how pervasive and just, I, I'm learning so many people are victims. I'm like, this is pervasive because it's a secret. The predators are enjoying secrecy and we need to change our society in that we, we talk about it now. We face it now and we address it as a society. This is something that children become aware of and all the adults become aware of and this becomes a normal dialogue so that it happens less. It happens uh, behind closed doors in secrecy where we allow it to. And I think by exposing it, sunlight is the best antiseptic for any evil. So exposing it and talking about it, um, it takes its power and will help us eradicate this, this predation, this evil from our nation, and hopefully eventually the globe. Does the church have a responsibility in that? <laughs> yeah, the church has absolute responsibility here because people are abusing positions within the church to harm children. And it will not do for any church to cover up a crime against the child for the overall good of the church. It won't do, that's not okay, that's not right, it's not good. That's not what the Bible says that we're to do. So if we're genuine Christians, we should follow the scripture and how the Bible says that we should deal with these things. And that means confront it and, and face it head on and denounce it and take action to drive it from us so that it's clear for everybody, 
this is not okay here, and we'll take steps to make sure this never happens. I think once we get to where we're doing that, we'll have a lot healthier situation. And I think the church also needs to step up morally and and be more vocal in denouncing this. God doesn't change just because our American culture changes, just because our morals start to wane and become weak and start to fester under constant assault doesn't mean that God changes and that his standards change. So we in the church need to, uh, again, follow God's word and stand up with righteous conviction and denounce that which is so clearly wrong and abusive and destructive and never condone it. We need to vocally denounce it and make that something that we're, we're all aware of. Well, thank you guys for sticking around to the end and finishing out this four-part interview with Craig Sawyer. We know these are tough things to talk about, but like we've said before, we would rather know the the hard truth than the pretty lie. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to help us and be a force multiplier in this effort to share truth, you can share your support at our website, fearlessfeatures.org, to make sure more people everywhere know what's happening to our children. And be sure to join us again next week, starting on Tuesday, with the one, the only, the legendary Mr. Ken Ham <laughs> of Answers in Genesis. I'm sure he would love that introduction. <laughs> the Creation Museum. <laughs> <laughs> we love the Creation Museum and the and Ark the Encounter. Ark Encounter. Oh, it's wonderful. If you haven't been to either one of those, what's your favorite between the two? I have to say, you know, I, I love them both. Mm-hmm. But I really love the Ark Encounter. The Ark really makes an impact on mm-hmm. you because you, I think the first time we went a few years ago, and I remember when we left and I kept saying that was life changing. Yeah. It really is because it puts it into physical perspective, mm-hmm. how how big this project was. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the Creation Museum is equally as impactful, mm-hmm. you know, as it, it's a, it really is a journey through the Bible. And, and it's, it's just, they're both so incredible. And the people that he had doing that, that designed the exhibits and, and the the entire museum, people that worked for Universal Studios and things like that. I Mm -hmm. mean, it is, it is as world-class as you can get. Mm -hmm. We've, we've seen a lot and it is top notch. It is absolutely amazing. And they have dinosaurs. Yeah. So with that, thank you guys so much for joining us and helping us out your prayers, your contributions, just being here and joining us on this journey. We couldn't ask for better friends. Thank you so much. Have a wonderfully blessed day. We will talk to you again next week.